Welcome everybody to Chumps to Champs Fantasy Football Podcast. And boys, week one is almost in the books. What a weird week. Crazy. Wild stuff happened. Now, we should disclose that we are recording this show while the Pittsburgh-New York Giants game is starting to come to its conclusion. So we can get this out there for you guys tomorrow morning in time for waivers and whatnot. But man... That was an active day yesterday. A lot of uh, surprises, I'll say, from a Pick'em standpoint. Would you guys agree? Yeah, I was destroyed on Pick'em. I think, I think we, were, we were lucky to go 500. It was nuts. Yeah, and a lot of, not a ton of injuries. Actually, for, I mean, I say that the week isn't actually technically over, but not a ton of, like, wild injuries, but there were some notable ones. Uh, we'll start right away with Marlon Mack, running back <sighs> of the Colts. Man, what a bummer. Um, he tore his Achilles, and he's done for the year. Man. That sucks. I yeah, had you doing so well. That Sorry, Matt. That just, if you got Jonathan Taylor, good for you. Good for you, because he just, his stock went up tenfold, according to my opinion. So do you think they're, they were just scared to, like, throw him in the mix too much week one? Because Naheem Hines was the diamond in the rough that really shone in that game. Yeah, that was weird. I don't think that Taylor got a touch. Maybe or didn't get a rushing attempt. I don't think in the first half. It was all Mac and Hines and Mac and Hines. I think it's definitely a slowly implement him in, and we'll we'll get to our pickups with Hines. But yeah, I think, not anymore. <laughs> I think Taylor is for sure gonna be alpha lead, lead back for the first couple. You know, one two down type guy. Yeah. So do you try to? I guess there's two backs where I almost think you could try to buy low on, and one might be Jonathan Taylor. Somebody's already getting frustrated. Try to throw a trade out there for him. Or Cam Akers. Do you kind of put them both in the same boat? Like, they obviously weren't there week one, but we think these teams are committed to these guys to get implemented in the offense by, by like, first quarter of the season. Well, see, I think I, now that Mac went down, I think Taylor is going to be a low-end RB1 like for this for this Colts team now that it's not a three-headed monster it's two whereas Akers Akers did fine but Malcolm Brown looked great yeah he, kind he's of, looked good at the past too that team just doesn't want to put him in a full like a premier role I think by the end of the year Akers will be the guy there but we know that Taylor is the guy week two I mean I, yeah there is Hines but and Akers certainly didn't have a good week one. I'll say that much. Blake Jarwin, tight end of Dallas Cowboys. Poor guy. We were really big on Blake Jarwin, or at least I was. He tore his ACL, and he is done for the year now, too. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Uh, everything was pointing to him being like that sneaky breakout tight end. And I can't remember the name of the tight end who came in behind him after. In that I don't game. even know. He was even not, not doing too hot. And he just got a big contract, didn't he? Jarwin yeah, got an extension. It was like four years, 20-something million. Mm. Real sad. Bummer. Um, other not as devastating news, but still stuff we should talk about. Le'Veon Bell, uh, hamstring injury. And Adam Gaze, head coach of the Jets, is saying he's probably going to be out for, quote, a couple of weeks. Nothing catastrophic. But he left, then he came back into the game, and then left again. And Adam Gase went on record as saying, oh, I really shouldn't have put him back in the game knowing that he was injured. Like, Do we trust yeah. any, anything that man says ever at this point, though? <laughs> hey, I heard a new quote from him like today, like, oh, I don't regret anything. Like, uh, Okay, what? then never mind. So, <laughs> so what is it, guy? Okay. George Kittle 
was having mm. a, a oh fine i think he had like four catches and x amount of yards in the first half but then he tweaked his knee and left the game they're saying that it's not supposed to be anything and kittle described his knee after the game as feeling fantastic so is this anything just scary if you uh put the draft capital into him but i i think he'll he'll bounce back fine he's a tough he's a tough boy mm-hmm yeah, I think he's going to be just fine this year. He he might miss a week or something. I feel like he's going to still be one of those guys you're going to start week in and week out. Yeah, I think the scarier draft cap capital investment and injury alone has to be the one you're probably about to touch on, Danny, is Michael Thomas. Yes, Michael Thomas, wide receiver of the Saints. High ankle sprain suffered yesterday. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely something to keep your eye on because you took him in the first round and some people took him first overall. Did not have a great game up until that point and then went down with that. We're going to talk about that game, but definitely keep your eye on Michael Thomas and we'll talk about waivers. We're going to go through a game by game, quick rapid fire recap, and then we'll talk about waivers a target this week after week one is over. And we'll look ahead to Thursday's matchup between the Bengals and Browns. But let's get into it, guys. Game by game recap. The Chiefs beat the Texans 34 to 20. It seemed like pretty fantasy from a fantasy perspective it kind of got the Chiefs sprinkled it everywhere Kelsey got a touchdown Edwards Alaire anything stand out from this game to you uh Sammy Watkins breakout wide receiver <laughs> that's <laughs> right I was wrong I will be the so far I was wrong on that yeah he was relevant it seemed like yeah like you said Dan, they sprinkled a lot everybody relevant in that game at least for Kansas City did what they were supposed to do maybe yeah. not quite as much as they were projected but I'll tell you the one that was a little disappointing was Brandon Cooks. I was yeah. expecting him to have a little more on week one. And Fuller was the one who kind of shined. Really well. yeah. yeah, so I, I would have reversed that role in my thought. But there and you go. Watson, it's week one. Watson wanted to target Fuller. I think early on they weren't really connecting. But you can tell he's his go-to guy, mm-hmm. which is promising. Uh, one that surprised me a little bit. I guess it didn't surprise me, but I was kind of on pins and needles because I put a little bit of draft capital into DJ in a couple leagues. Yeah, and I was a little nervous, but uh, he looked he like looked he really good. fit well. Yeah, he looked great. Uh, so I'm excited about that. I hope it keeps going his way there in Houston. And Duke Johnson is apparently injured, and he's going to be out for a little bit. So it's going to be all David Johnson next week and move forward. So David Johnson is a must start. Yeah. After that, Seahawks beat the Falcons 38-25 to in a game where Russell Wilson looked like MVP-style Russell Wilson. I think we... We talked about it in our QB breakdowns and earlier this preseason, how consistently great Russell Wilson has been. Consistently elite, and he really showed it here. I don't know what else I can say about it. He's great. He looked mm-hmm. real smooth. Yeah, and uh, Scott, all the Falcons, I mean, you have been talking about Calvin Ridley all offseason, and he came through, didn't he? He sure did. I mean, he, wasn't, he was a few yards behind Julio, but he had two touchdowns, so that's It's kind start. of exactly what you would imagine. Like, yeah, Julio Jones gets all a, the targets, exactly. a ton of yards, no touchdowns, Ridley scores. That is freaking classic Julio. Yeah, uh, yeah, 12 yeah. targets, nine receptions, 157 yards, and I didn't find the end zone anywhere. Where, what's mm-hmm. going on here? Well, look yeah. at it. You got Calvin Ridley had nine receptions and Russell Gage also nine receptions, all of them over 110 yards. So it's just kind of a crapshoot of who gets the touchdowns, I guess. Yeah, right. disappointment factor here is Russell Gage really took over that third uh, target in that offense, and everybody, including Hurst. me, thought it was going to be Hayden Hurst. and. Yeah. I mentioned how his stock just kept going up, so I never ended up with any shares. Maybe that was a good thing at this point. Yeah. And one thing that I noticed, Chris Carson, um, I'm actually a little nervous about Chris Carson. Yeah, the touchdowns were there, but when you look at the stats, 
Yeah, he only yeah. Had six carries. Yeah, this six. the touchdown saved his day, and he did have six catches, which is awesome on six targets. But I think Carlos Hyde, Hyde got more rushes. Yeah, yeah he did. And Hyde more and yards. Travis Homer out of nowhere are getting like carries inside the five yard line, not Chris Carson. So it's, I mean, he had a fine fantasy day because those two touchdowns, but it's something to keep your eyes on for his usage. I think he only played on like 20 something snaps in this game. So something to keep your eye on Chris Carson. Yeah, Max value for his snaps. You can't count on that week in and week out. From what I see too, it's still going to be his backfield. Maybe they're easing in that hip. Definitely scary. I got Hyde stashed on the bench in a league, and now I got to hold on to him for another week. Yes, you do. You can't give him up now. (laughs) Uh, Bills beat the Jets 27-17, and that game really didn't seem like it was that close, even though the ending was 10 points apart. It was pretty much a beatdown session that the Bills were issuing in the first Mm -hmm. half, first three quarters. What would you take away from this game from a fantasy perspective? Jets suck. Bills are awesome. (laughs) <laughs> Other than the Bellinger, I mean, Josh yeah. Allen looked great on uh, both. Josh on the ground Allen, yeah, his he again. looked shaky early, and he had a couple fumbles again. Didn't oh, his he? fumbles were annoying. Yeah, um, that's that's scary. And I think I saw at least one play where I was like, man, he should have fumbled on that play. So he needs to protect the ball better. But and he had some bad passes in the red zone. Uh, so his that's accuracy and deci- <laughs> decision making, accuracy, whatever, still not there. But he balled out and got the win. The rushing, he had another rushing touchdown, had good yards. But again, I'm not willing to concede just yet that I was wrong on Josh Allen because, it, again, it was the Jets. So we'll see. I'm going to give it a little a little bit more time before I'm willing to say, you're right, he was a great pick, and mm-hmm. he's going to produce what he was supposed to. Crowder did really well. He had a big, long touchdown. Uh, Diggs got targeted nine times. John, uh, John Brown actually... Got targeted 10 times, but... Good for John Brown. I'm glad yeah. he did well. He was one yeah. of those I didn't really think about, but yeah. I like him. Scott and I were watching part of that game, and we're like, well, there's Josh Allen just airmailed this one 17 rows into the the, <laughs> into the, the crowd on a guy who's wide open. Like, that's pretty typical. <laughs> uh, the Bears defeat the Lions 27-23, and Ooh. let me just oh say, God. if you guys did not see the drop by DeAndre Swift in the closing seconds of this game. Oh, my God. That's oh. devastating. Devastating to the, his confidence as a rookie. But let's just let's hang this one on the coaching strat- staff. Patricia can't blow that lead mm-hmm. through the fourth quarter. It, the game has to be managed better. Yes, Swift should have caught that ball, but he is a rookie. You're putting him in a game-winning situation right there. Mm-hmm. That team should have his back, pull him up by the bootstraps, because you can't expect him to do that there. I guess you can right. expect it. <laughs> yeah, Adrian Peterson had 14 carries in this game, almost 100 yards. Looked pretty good. Yeah, man, that's surprising, but I like it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. And it's good to see that David Montgomery came out of this game with unscathed, I should say. Like, I say he came out of this game. The game ended, and David Montgomery didn't tweak his groin because we thought that thing got ripped off the bone about a week mm. ago, and he seemed to be fine. Um, not, nothing really from a fancy perspective, but that's just super annoying that that yeah. game ended the way that it did. I'd say really disappointing thing here is on Johnson. I guess AP really just shot him back into the depths of the depth chart. Right. Uh, so, yeah. man, he's almost droppable, I'd say, at this point. Yeah, I would too. Yeah, that that running back core, you just you're not sure what's gonna are they gonna keep running with AP? And to be quite frank, why would you not? I mean, yeah, he's older, he's a veteran, but at the same time, this is when you're trying to incorporate DeAndre Swift and Peterson looked phenomenal for coming in what 
six days before your first game and almost ran for a hundred yards in under 15 carries. Like you can't spit at Mm -hmm. that no matter how you look at it. He's going to be a main part of that offense. I would think otherwise, why did you bring him in there? I just can't believe the Lions. Every year I drink the Kool-Aid during the offseason. It's going to be their year, and then they, they throw one of those turd burgers at you the first week. <laughs> well, to be fair, if they had Galladay, I bet they win this game. Yeah, just but you got to be able to beat the Bears without Galladay, okay? Right? <laughs> yeah. If you want to be like considered that dark horse Super Bowl contender, you got to be able to beat the Bears without Galladay. Yeah, Marvin Jones didn't really poop the bed. He didn't really do much. Yeah. And, and I'll be my biggest him. surprise is how well Trubisky did. Three touchdown passes, almost 250 yards. He did that, all right. Uh, Red Zone highlighted a couple of Marvin Jones catches, and they were they were pretty nice catches. It must have been very little of what he did if, yeah. from what you guys are saying. But when he got the ball, he looked good. I think he just destroyed somebody laying a hit on him too after a catch oh yeah that was unbelievable i mean he absolutely dropped this guy but i was just hoping that he would take over that role that galladay when galladay's gone i wanted him to step up and i just he's so so old he's just too old (laughs) packers beat the vikings 43 to 34 and wow boy howdy aaron aaron Rodgers. 364 yards and four touchdowns through the air. Good for him. He ain't done yet, I guess. Yeah, half of it went to Devontae Adams. 14 catches, 156 yards, and two scores. Goodness. And he got, I think, 17 targets. Pretty much what you expected from this Packers offense, right? I can't believe how high scoring that game was. I thought that would be a more defensive battle. That's crazy. And, uh, I think this also showed me how wrong I was. I think, well, I guess I can't say wrong. I was so wishy-washy on Thielen, but he had a he had a very yeah. nice game. Yeah. Yeah, six catches, 110 yards, and two touchdowns for Thielen. Dalvin Cook got two scores and uh, I think a two-point conversion in there. This game was super high scoring, but kind of eye-opening from a defensive standpoint. I didn't think that the Vikings could give up 43 points to the Packers, but they looked really bad. So maybe start... Ugh. Throwing up the uh, the worried signs if you're the a Vikings fan, but Patriots beat the Dolphins twenty one to eleven. Cam Newton, Cammy yeah. boy, Boost scooting. He was scooting yeah. that end zone. Yeah, he uh, had I think fifteen rushing attempts in this game. Goodness, that's what you're looking for if you drafted Cam Newton as a flyer, right? Yeah, for I'd sure. like to see what they can do against a team other than Miami, maybe on the road, before I really put too much stock into it. But it is promising. You can tell he was having fun out there. And I don't know. Good for Cam. It's just it's one of those where you look at it and go, he's not afraid to run the ball. And if Cam Newton is their leading rusher in both attempts and yards and obviously touchdowns, that is going to bode well because no one drafted him as their starting quarterback for the most part. So if he's your backup, my goodness not only trade bait or he could take over as your every week play if that continues oh he is 31 though and i just i don't see it happening for him all season long definitely started one situations obviously but what did he have like a buck 25 passing yards uh, 155 yeah 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 so We'll see. But he didn't need to pass yet. We'll see, man. We'll see. I don't know how much you can count on two <laughs> rushing TDs every week from Cam. Yeah. It used and, to be almost a guaranteed one, but I don't know about yeah. that. And Miami's garbage as well. There's nothing really from a fantasy perspective to even harp on other than Cam Newton in this game. Even though Michelle got a, a touchdown run, I don't care. Does anyone yeah. care about that? No. no. Meh. 
His average um, yards were not great. So, How many of us called this next one? Washington football team beats the Philadelphia Eagles 27-17. to 17. My goodness. Oh, yeah, this was my 16 confidence points, except yeah. I, I had it wrong. You and me both, brother. <laughs> wow. And See, I, what was insane was it was 27 unanswered points by Washington. Philly was up 17 nothing, and just decided, you know what? We're going on break. Yeah, the entire Eagles offense was just terrible. The uh, Wentz got sacked eight times by Washington. It was just, it was just gross altogether. Um, Antonio Gibson, well, there's a lot of hype around Antonio Gibson being great. He was okay. It seems like they're doing like a committee approach to, to Washington's offense. But, yeah, they didn't you know. seem to use Antonio Gibson in a great manner. Um, maybe they'll figure it out more. I'm still. If he's on my bench, I'm not dropping him after this week. I'll say that much. Um, one more stat from this game. The Philadelphia tight ends. The stat line for Zach Ertz, three catches, 18 mm-hmm. yards, and one touchdown. Gross, other than the touchdown. Dallas Goddard, eight catches, 101 yards, and also a touchdown. Yeah, like nine targets. Concerned if you're a Zach would, Ertz owner? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. And they've been having the... Uh, the front office discrepancies with him getting paid and everything. Yeah. I don't know there. <laughs> oh, man. If Goddard consistently, you have nine targets, man. If you get over eight targets, you are a great tight end for fantasy. Um, so keep at the end of, Goddard. yeah, at the end of last year, they had a lot of two, di- two tight end sets, and Goddard obviously made his name known. And I think they, I don't want to jump to personnel in the league. Yeah. I don't want to jump to too much after one week. But at the same time, my goodness, that is, that's not even a close ratio. So you got to think maybe Wentz likes looking at Goddard. He's the younger guy. Maybe he's a little quicker. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, they run, at least last year, they ran 52% 12 personnel, and the next closest was 34%. They run a lot of 52% or a lot of 12 personnel. And a lot of that had to do probably with they had had no wide receivers to throw to in general. But But now they realize what they got. That might have been the best thing they could have hoped for. Raiders beat the Panthers 34 to 30. I was really disappointed in this because I really liked watching this. This game was really fun to watch. Uh, Josh Jacobs exploded Mm, for three touchdowns. I mean, he got three touchdowns, which is wonderful. But he was involved in the passing game. So he's clearly the workhorse there. 25 carries next was yeah. four. So he is going to be their guy. So if you drafted him as your RB two, well, freaking done. Cause he is going to be a workhorse. He was my target on the turn in uh, a 10 man league where I was picking 10th and he got snagged up right at the ninth pick and I was bitter about it. And now seeing him go off, I'm more bitter about it. Yeah. Uh, Christian McCaffrey did Christian McCaffrey things. He was great. Um, mm-hmm. Bridgewater spread the ball out to Samuel Anderson and Moore. I am the biggest DJ Moore fan in the world, and I, so I was a little disappointed. But, I mean, if that's what it takes for this offense to put up 30 points, I think that Carolina, I like a lot of their options. I think that their defense is terrible, and I think they have to throw the ball a lot, and they have the weapons to be able to do it moving forward. But did you guys notice anything about the Panthers that you you love. I was asking Matt, how do you feel about uh, old Robbie Anderson after this? Is he still your fart attack guy or fart attack? <laughs> Did I say that? <laughs> no, that's, when you, that's your hand fart guy. That's Robbie. your hand fart guy. 
<laughs> fart attack. I made guy. some like heart attack, fart attack. <laughs> I wish you did uh, now. Yeah, I yeah, I, I guess I'll have to eat my words on that. I can't even. That was so long ago. This podcast, I don't even remember that. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, he had a great game. I do. I think Carolina is still just that team that's like we're kind of in a rebuilding year. We don't really know the direction we want to go, and let's field like a halfway decent team and see what happens and that's why they just lost to oakland even though they have some really good pieces you mean vegas? i don't sorry yes las vegas <laughs> correction um mm-hmm. but i just don't see them as a team making a run for like a super bowl this year or anything like that well sure was... sure sure i just have a feeling i'm gonna pick them as my upset of the week a lot and then probably lose an awful lot Jacksonville Jaguars beat the Indianapolis Colts 27 to 20. Oh my goodness. Something we all called, right? Uh, no, there, that was my confidence. Number one was the Colts and that did not go well, but Gardner Minshew. Good incomplete, him. One incomplete pass. That's insane. I mean, he didn't do that. I mean, he did throw three touchdown passes, but it was 173 yards. Just kind of managed the game. Uh, what did you guys notice about this game? Oh, you're talking about Gardner Minshew, and I'm talking about Philip Rivers. I know he did throw what two picks to one TD, but his yards, what was he at, like 363 yards in that game? He's slinging there, and I think uh, he's really going to settle in even more. And I think that last interception was somewhat garbage timey, trying to like make something happen. Yeah. Uh, but... I like what I saw out of Phil Rivers week one. I think it's just going to keep getting better. So he's only like 25% rostered. If you want to stream him, I don't know what his matchup is next week, but he's one of those players that could really just lock in once you stream him for a week. He plays Minnesota next week, who oh, normally yeah. wouldn't be an awesome matchup, but after week one, why not? And then after that, the Jets. Um, yeah, they're so, not very good. Yeah, maybe, maybe look at streaming Rivers. Yeah, agreed. Win, lose, or whatever. I think Phil Rivers is going to be throwing the ball a lot. But I'll tell you what, the most one of the most telling things looking at the Jaguars' stats is DJ Chark only had three receptions. I mean, he got a mm-hmm. touchdown, which kind of saved his day. But, I mean, my goodness. Three James targets. Robinson, yeah. Chenault Jr. and Cole all had more receptions than he did. Uh, I'm not sorry, not receptions, but yards. They had more yards than he did. So it's one of those like, oh man, you know what? Good for, good for Minshew for spreading it out and doing what he had to do to win the game, but that might lower DJ's value a little, a little bit. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. Yeah, I'll say out of me. 20 passing attempts, that's a low sample size, and yeah, I don't think game flow is really in Chark's favor. Like usually, you want Jacksonville down, just really having to sling the ball, and which I think is still gonna have to happen this year. Yeah, unless they're just really surprising. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm not losing faith in Chark just yet. Uh, James Robinson got every carry that from a wide receiver on the set. So James Robinson had 16 carries. Minshew ran it five times, and then Chenault, the wide receiver, got two. No other running back touched the ball. And I'm looking at you, Chris Thompson. I know that he's the pass catching back, but zero rushing attempts, two targets. I am very, very nervous if... I mean, you didn't put a ton of draft capital yeah, on Chris who, Thompson. Who would you pick? Why would you pick Chris Thompson uh, hoping he'd do much? Well, Because I mean, honestly, one, you probably drafted him before Fournette was even gone, so you sure. didn't have much stock in him. Sure, but still, it's kind of eye-opening. Uh, Ravens beat the Browns 38-6, and I mean, that just sounds about right, doesn't it? 
Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mar Jackson was great. Three touchdowns, 275 yards to the air. He only ran for 45 yards. What a bum. Yeah. Sometimes I was running for a bum. Ingram didn't even hit 30 yards. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, J.K. Dobbins sniped a couple of touchdowns from him. Yeah. Concerned if you're an Ingram owner, Matt? Absolutely. Yeah, well, I'm not an Ingram owner. I'm a Dobbins owner in a couple of leagues, and I really like that, but he was on my bench because of uncertainty to start the year out with, which two TDs is a great start, but he only had seven attempts, 22 yards. So it's not like something you can rely on week to week, unless mm-hmm. we want to rely on the same thing that we're talking about with Cam Newton. Like You can't just <laughs> rely on yeah. two magical touchdowns. Right if there's not the production to back it up. So I'll keep roster or he will definitely stay on my roster, but I want to see something a little more consistent production wise out of JK Dobbins. A couple questions for you real quick, Matt. How do you feel about Marquise Brown after getting a hundred yards in game one? Do you think he's going to be the number one target there? Well, I I always thought he would be the number one wide receiver target. Playable, um, as I guess I could say, is a fantasy. I, I feel like, and I don't know if I ever vocalized this, I was warming up to him like for DFS coming up to week one. So I'm okay with changing my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think he's definitely at least wide receiver three startable if you're in a three wide receiver league or flex. Um, the one who really surprised me here, though, was Mark Andrews. I thought he was only a red zone threat. He wasn't going to get the TDs that he got last year. That was a fluke. And, I mean, the first part, that's still true. I think he was only a red zone threat. My God, he's still a red zone threat. Two TDs. Jesus. <laughs> like, yeah. He is for sure. Jackson's look. My other one was just a quick question. Odell, even they were, they were down so much of the game, and Odell still only got three catches. Is that worrisome to you? Me? or I, I think Either of you guys. Landry you know, got he more got, yards, but, yeah. Oh, I don't no, know. No, it's not worrisome for me. Uh, Beckham got... 10 targets, which by far was the most on the Browns. And yeah, he didn't connect with Baker Mayfield. And I think it's a Baker Mayfield problem more so than a Beckham. I think it'll that won't change. So well, when they kind of a, Baltimore's hmm. got a great defense too. That is week one. No, I, I'm, I'm still fine with Beckham. Um, his prospects the rest of the year. I'm betting this is going to be one of his worst games, if not the worst game of, of the season for him. Um, Chargers beat the Bengals 16-13. to 13. Joe Burrow's career beginning didn't go that great. I mean, he ran a kind of lengthy touchdown in, but 193 yards and an interception, bleh. Nothing yeah, really saw, stood out for like, me. A, a, a tweet today, it was like, oh, he becomes the ex, uh, first overall draft pick quarterback to lose his first game like since, like I think, the first, last one to do it was Derek Carr in 2002. And but they said in the tweet like at no fault of his own, and I'm like, well, I mean, he didn't like really f up in the game, but do you really have to add in the tweet at no fault of his own? Like, I mean, he could have done more, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. He could have won the game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if, you, if you expect him to walk in just blow it up with that team, then there's something wrong with your expectations. Yeah, uh, I still thought at, they could handle the the Clippers. All right, yeah. Eckler did not get a catch. Which was weird. Oh wait, no, he got one. Excuse me. He he got one target for one catch, but he did lead the team in carries with nineteen of them. Did okay. Kelly got the touchdown though on the ground. Are you guys interested in maybe getting Josh Kelly on waivers? Yeah, maybe? we'll talk about that later. Hundred yeah. percent. Um, anything else to set out in this game? Or should we move on? Get to the big one. Saints 
and Buccaneers. The Saints beat the Bucks 34 to 23. I will start I'll just start this off by saying I thought that Tom Brady and Drew Brees both looked old in this game and it was a little bit concerning. <laughs> watching the, watching them throw the ball and it ended up being what? Like Brady threw two bad picks, 239 yards and two scores. Brees 160 and two scores. That's not what you're looking for as a fan. Not flashy. Starter. Yeah. And ugh, they both looked very mechanical and just they looked a little bit old, so it is a little concerning to me. Are you guys concerned about either one of those guys? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> well, <laughs> not okay, this. We we've thought that this was going to be a shootout, which it didn't quite end up being completely it's a healthy number. Yeah, it's it's a decent, but I think I, I'm just going to assume that they're both. I mean, especially Tom is still learning their offense, kind of getting used to it. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt here with all the weapons and what he's done with far less. I mean, Gronk didn't do anything, so I'm just kind of curious what was going on with that offense. I think they're going to get much better week by week by week, just saying. Yeah, I I think Drew Brees is going to be fine in New Orleans. I've talked a lot about that offense. I think they're just well-coached. They have a good game plan. They know what to do. they got weapons. I think he's going to be productive from a fantasy point of view. I'm I'm going to die on that hill, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom, ba- Tom Brady, I'd just like to see a little bit more first. This was, I mean, this was a big matchup week one in New Orleans. Let's, let's see kind of how things shake up. And, I mean, don't forget this was a weird offseason. He's in a new city with a lot of new parts, blah, blah, blah. Let's give Tampa Bay a couple weeks to settle down and figure out mm-hmm. what's going on. Kamara had two touchdowns, one on the ground, one through the air. He had a third one. Well, I guess they said he was about a half an inch short of scoring, so they didn't give him it. But other, I mean, the touchdown saved his day. It's kind of like the Chris Carson thing. He did not look. I don't. He didn't really do much. I mean, he had one thirty-eight yard catch, and after that, nothing. Look at the carries. Latavius Murray had fifteen. Yeah, fifteen carries, and often only had twelve. I don't know what to think. I of that. will say that money does talk, though. They're not going to stop using Alvin Kamara sure. when they just Agreed. paid him this big Agreed. ass fifteen million a year contract. So don't be scared if you're a Kamara. No, you're still going to play him every week. But at the same time, I just I would never have guessed that Murray would have out carried Kamara in week one. That was sure. that was a very big. Not red flag, but just kind of a eye-opening moment for me. Uh, Cardinals beat the 49ers 24 to 20. How many of us had that? I think think that's a 10 10 confidence for 49ers, so that didn't work out. I don't have the San Francisco making the playoffs, so that that kind of falls in line, but I didn't think the Cardinals would have done it in week one. I will say that. DeAndre Hopkins, 14 catches for 151 yards on 16 targets. Yay! Wow. <laughs> wow. It looked like Kyler Murray only wanted to throw it to him, but then again, Shocking. so would I. Yeah, uh, yeah. exactly. Uh, I think he could make me look like a decent NFL quarterback. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, Murray rushed. Kyler Murray rushed for 91 yards and a score on the ground. He also threw one 230 yards. I mean, he had a really good week one. He did. Uh, Drake got a touchdown to save his fantasy day at the very end there. But hey, Mostert, 76 yard catch for a touchdown right out of the gate. God, that's I hate the fact that I didn't get him in any draft this year. It was like, that's every year there's one player, like after my last draft concludes, I'm like, why the hell didn't I target this player in any draft? And that was him this year. They mm-hmm. always prove me an idiot week one. Yeah. Um, Mostert got 15 carries. Coleman got four. They're saying that Coleman's uh, sickle cell trade probably held him out of this game a little bit more so than they would have, but the air quality being so poor, 
in San Francisco that morning that maybe that's why Moster got more touches, but who cares? He did great. And I started him in the league, so I was happy about that. Last game we're going to talk about, Rams beat the Cowboys 20-17. to 17. Boo. Now, <laughs> what do we think about that? That pass interference call on Michael Gallup to end the game. Did you guys see it? Yeah, that was BS. Why don't you just give the Rams the game? Right? I mean, Jalen Ramsey should get an Oscar for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, come on, man. But uh, kind of disappointing days for both quarterbacks, Goff and Prescott. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Between, between, between the two, they got one touchdown. Ezekiel um, Elliott had. A great day, as yeah, as usual. A couple TDs, he did well. But we kind of heart, we touched on it earlier with Cam Akers versus Malcolm Brown. Malcolm Brown looked great in this game, but things can change, and I think that they will. But Cooper had 10 catches for 81 yards. He got targeted a ton. Seemed like Woods outplayed Cup. Anything else really to take away from the Rams and Cowboys? Nope, nope, right. nope. That's, well, that did it. That's the, I, uh, I will say uh, at this point, the Pittsburgh-New York game has concluded. Pittsburgh okay. won 26 to 16. Kind of watching it on the side here. Uh, haven't dove in deep, but Juju looked very impressive from what I saw. Uh, yeah. Very much a target in the red zone for Roethlisberger, and they were, they were very clean plays, too. They knew what each other were thinking. Kind of Roethlisberger knew where to put the ball. Juju was going there. They fooled the coverage. I like that kind of chemistry going throughout the year. So we'll see. We'll see where that goes. Uh, yeah. Also, Darius Slayton, six catches for 102 yards and two yeah. touchdowns. Um, one thing I'm noticing about this box score here is Saquon Barkley, six catches for 60 yards. That's great. 15 carries for Barkley. Guess how many yards he ran for? Seven. Six. Oh, my wow. God. Yeah, I told you guys he's totally a chill, talking right? out of my ass. That yeah. is. <laughs> That's incredibly undisappointed if you're a Barkley owner. <laughs> right, yeah. He, and yeah. Go, ahead. go ahead, Matt. Well, I mean, the one play I saw with Barkley earlier in the game prior to the podcast was they got Barkley the ball out of the backfield uh, in space, and he took off with it. He had a great run after catch, and that's where he really excels. But as like a pure rusher, that's where I don't like him as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that means he just got stuffed at every other time he touched the ball, I guess. All right. Let's take a break, guys. We got through all those games. We're going to come back from the break and talk about waivers to target for this week. And uh, we'll tell you a little bit about players we're wrong about and look ahead to that Thursday night game. So stick around. Welcome back in to the Chump Champs Fantasy Football Podcast, and we are going to talk about waivers to target for week two. A lot of names we can go with here to begin, but let's start with some quarterbacks. Any quarterbacks that you're interested in, Matt? Uh, mine I mentioned earlier, Philip Rivers. I think uh, not many people will be like reaching to snatch him up because he didn't win and he had two picks, but yardage is key they're going to be slinging the ball i think that team's going to settle in nicely i think it's gonna be great uh has a couple good matchups to go with to stream a couple weeks in a row grab Philip rivers for chief off the waiver wire yeah i'm not a huge like fan of spending a ton right at the be right after week one i should say at the beginning of the season for sure but like after week one i don't like the idea of overreacting you know what i mean Depends. major yes. running back injury with like a 
like if Zeke went down, I would sure. be throwing my entire fab at Pollard. Yes, of course. For injury reasons when it's obvious, but like random spikes in usage when the other players are just maybe not had a great game. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a little bit timid. I'll give it two weeks. And if two weeks happens again, then we've got a trend. Should have probably opened this whole thing with that, but that's all right. I go got Cam it. Newton as your quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's not known in a tremendous amount of leagues. And he, 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 yeah, he showed promise in week one. And he's just getting acclimated. I think that is a that's that that could be a guy who's gonna stay some weeks later. Now, running backs, there are a few that we all agree with. Before the show, we're like, yeah, these are the couple of guys that we want to talk about. So let's spend a little bit of time on them. Starting with Naeem Hines. Well, yeah. when Marlon Mack goes down, you've got Jonathan Taylor, but Naeem Hines' usage was impressive, even with Mack on the field. Yeah, it, I still think it could just be a concern that Jonathan Taylor hasn't had the experience yet to do the pass blocking, this and that, get him on the field as much. But, man, you got to like how Naheem Hines was used and his production when he was being used. I wouldn't throw my whole fab at him because I still think Jonathan Taylor is going to take over by the end of the season. So tread lightly, I guess. Mm-hmm. Scott, you're the Mac owner, uh, the resident Mac owner. Yeah. What's, I, uh, what, is your, <laughs> what are your thoughts on Hines? And if you were going to put any money on Hines, how much would you put on him? I look at Hines to Taylor as being your Kareem Hunt to your Nick Chubb. Oh, wow. I think, okay. I think he's going to have some standalone value in an offense where I'm pretty sure Rivers dumped off a lot of passes to running backs. I might be wrong. I think it's the wrong game. But I think his production as a guy who's been there and then now they're forced to have a rookie being their early down back. I think he's going to have value. It might not be tremendous week to week, but I think he is a guy to own and he could be a flex play. And I think he's going to be a sneaky, sneaky guy on certain weeks. And if you play him on the right week, I think on that offense where they throw a lot, I think he's going to be their pass down guy. He could end up with some 14, 16-point weeks out of nowhere to where if you play him on the right week, you're going to be happy about it. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Malcolm Brown, we talked about that during the Rams-Cowboys game. Uh, Malcolm Brown looked really good. And, I mean, he was efficient. He looked explosive. I know we like Cam Akers, but how much money would you put on Malcolm Brown this week, Matt? Same story to me. Um, had an impressive week one. And I think that's still due to injury a little bit because of Henderson. But uh, we all have seen Malcolm Brown show flashes, but the team doesn't really want to invest in him. I think they still want Akers to be the guy. So I wouldn't blow your whole fab on him. If you need a starter early in the season, I don't know, maybe 10% of my fab, maybe, I think is what I would consider. Yeah, I would agree. And I would say Heinz, I would honestly go like 15%. I think that just looks more promising to me. I agree. but also, Scott, Adrian Peterson, you mentioned him before the show. You're liking him as a waiver pickup, potentially. Yeah, because I don't think he's probably going for too much. And, and, and I get it. They've got other running backs there with Swift and carry on. But my goodness, what was how many rushes did he get? Like, was it 14, 16 rushes or something in the game? Something somewhere around there, yeah. I should look that up. But he clearly showed coming in on no experience with that offense, and they had that much confidence in him. That's pretty telling. And he looked good. I mean, for his age, I mean, he was breaking tackles, 
you know, running in and out, juke it. He looks good. So I would be hard pressed to imagine you bring him in like that as the veteran guy, you're not going to keep at least giving him the opportunity. So it might not be a play of a guy you're doing at the end of the season, but mm-hmm. for the next handful of weeks, I could see him being a, a very solid flex play, what he just showed us. Matt, do you have any interest in Adrian Peterson? Not at this time, no. Still too crowded there. I don't know. I'm also a little bit downtrodden because I'm a Lions fan, and that game just disappointed me in the end. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm staying away for now. I'm not going to throw as much of my fab at it as other people are going to. Now, are there any wide receivers you guys are interested in uh, from a waiver wire perspective absolutely i think this is where um a lot of the waiver wire value the more sure waiver wire value is at after this week one you want me to go through it or you got a player mind yeah is there is there a player who's number one on your list if you're like i need a wide receiver um and you're gonna go the waiver wire who are you gonna put the most fab on oh it's it's tough if i need somebody with upside i might Go with uh, Traquan Smith or Russell Gage. Um, I like how Russell Gage was used. We said he kind of overtook like the targets we thought Hurst was going to get. Traquan Smith, that all depends on Michael Thomas's injury, in my opinion, mm-hmm. but a lot of upside if that injury keeps him out for a few weeks. Uh, some higher floor plays, I think, are Robbie Anderson or Sammy Watkins. Just their usage, their veterans, all this kind of stuff. Um, and they're not very highly owned. So those are my four big targets in the wide receiver realm right now. Scott, what do you got? I'm looking at one guy just because of how he's utilized in week one. That's Chenault Jr. in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Just the way he, he showed up. And, I mean, obviously we know Chark is, is their number one. But he looked pretty good. And, mm-hmm. man, if that trend continues, he could be a steal early in the season. Kind of like Chark was last year, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And the one that I kind of like is Paris Campbell on the Colts. He got nine catches from Phillip Rivers. Um, they just use him on the, these little slants and these under routes and stuff like that. And I think it's worth it. Um, we like Phillip Rivers. And if you like Phillip Rivers, you got to like who he's going to throw the ball to. And Paris Campbell's available in a lot of leagues. But my number one guy was also Traquan Smith. Matt, if I was going to have to put one on somebody, I would yeah. put some money on Traquan Smith. Because I am a little nervous about Michael Thomas. I think he may actually miss next week and that that Drake Owen Smith has shown that he has a connection with Breeze. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh any tight ends you guys are interested in from a waiver wire? Mine's Goddard. Goddard yeah. is only rostered in like fifty six percent of leagues. We already talked about his stat line. Really trumped Ertz in my opinion. And if you need a tight end because your your depth pick didn't pan out in week one, look that way. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Goddard obviously has talent that he showed that last year. It's just one of those where this was his week, and I'm very much in the opinion that next week it, it could be Ertz's week. So you got to assume going into that that you got to play him on the right week because, yes, he is talented, but also Ertz is too. So mm-hmm. you got to hopefully play him on the right week. Um, also, we forgot to mention this in the injuries, but David Njoku uh, is on the IR for the next three weeks, leaving Austin Hooper as the only tight end in Cleveland. And even though Cleveland was an absolute tragedy yesterday of a football team, Austin Hooper is still available in a lot of leagues. So look for him if you need some tight end help. Um, Blake Jarwin owners. Um, anyone else 
Wave wires, or should we move on to get negative about who we were wrong about? <laughs> I had one. a couple. Um, uh, yeah. I just want to throw out a, a tight end, or sorry, a defense and a kicker that I think are, are good waiver. Maybe pick them up for zero fab or just pick them up as free agents. But I think Titans are a good target. Uh, they're only owned in about 50% of leagues, and they're playing Jacksonville next year in, sorry, next week in Tennessee. I think that's a great matchup for them. Uh, the other one I like, Young Young Ku, I think is young, how. Young Hoku. Oh, is it Young Huey? That's how, how I heard it pronounced by, I believe, Chris Hansen on Red Zone. And I feel like that's probably more uh, accurate than. <laughs> the most trusted name in football what? is uh, Scott. Oh, Scott Hansen. Isn't Chris is Hansen that, the. Uh, oh, yeah, sorry. Why don't you have a seat for me? Yeah. <laughs> Scott Hansen. <laughs> Scott Hansen, yeah. But Scott Hansen's very. Uh, very believable guy. God, does he get enthusiastic on red zone? You can't yes. help but just get jazzed <laughs> but, about uh, football. Koo is playing next week. It's in Dallas, but that's also a dome retractable roof and what I expect to also be a pretty high-scoring affair. Mm-hmm. So he's owned in 58% of leagues, so chances are he's not there, but good chance he is. So yeah. grab him up. Let's talk about some players we were wrong about. Uh Scott, why don't you start us off? So, and uh, let's start off by saying this is week one. So, from a season-long perspective, we could still be right. But Corey Davis catch, Danny. <laughs> Mark it. <laughs> write it down. What's the bet? It's me, Janu versus you, Corey Davis. Yeah, I believe no, so. Yeah. No, no. By we're like seven minutes into the Titans Broncos game, so <laughs> sorry that we throw in these random stats. Janu Smith has a catch already, guys. So remember that for tight ends for a. Uh, a pickup, but I told you about that last week, so you already knew. Uh, Scott, player, give us a couple of players that you were wrong about from week one. So it looked pretty promising in early week one as Josh Allen. I know I've talked about not being big on him, but it didn't seem like he was going to have a regression in runs this year, and that was kind of what I was putting my eggs in that basket was I don't think he's going to be any better of a passer but I was kind of counting on a regression in runs and rushing touchdowns. Yeah. But they looked like they designed runs for him a decent amount this week. So if that's the case, he's going to be very playable because he's going to be a quarterback that gets you 50 to 70 rushing yards and maybe a touchdown every week as a quarterback. And that's huge in fantasy value. Yeah, I mean, let's also remember he was playing the Jets, so let's just temper expectations. Again, week one, (laughs) yes, you're right. You're absolutely right. I'm not not leaving my ship of I'm not a trusting (laughs) Allen owner, but... I got to admit, he he was gaming out there, and I like to see that. The the fumble concerns, the decision-making, the accuracy all scare me a little bit still, but hey, he he gamed out and he won a game, so let's give it Mm -hmm. to him for week one. Scott, anyone else quickly you want to mention? Um, on quarterbacks, or used to be in general? Just in general. Just, Just in general. Yeah. Okay. Um, Trubisky really surprised me this oh. year. Or this, sorry, this, this week, he looked pretty solid. He had, what, three passing touchdowns? That, and, and they beat our Lions, so mm-hmm. I don't like that as much. But mm-hmm. it is what it is. And Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I was skeptical at first. Yeah. Yeah. But he looked really good in week one. He's clearly yeah. going to be their guy. Good for him. I'm, I'm not, like, rooting against him. I just didn't expect him to hit the ground running that fast. And, I mean, was, that offense is very potent. Was that the potent. punt? 
Uh, was that this week's yeah, there you, you got go. it big boy you didn't even know that he did it uh yeah can you imagine if clyde edwards lair wasn't worthless inside like the five yard line what kind of stat line he would have he was like oh yeah. for six from inside the five that could have been that, that is the slight concerning part but yeah, yeah we'll see we'll see Ma- matt who are some people that you were wrong about this week i'll go through it fast matt Breda. i thought he was going to take over the line share of the carries there in miami not the case. I think he was a fourth running back on the field. I think he's. I think he's safely droppable now. I I dropped him in all my leagues to pick up some stashes. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, we all know he's a Hall of Fame quarterback, but I didn't expect him to really just break out week one like he did this year. Um, good for him. Uh, and you probably got a bargain for him in the draft. Yeah. Uh, the other one was Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones situation. I guess Julio still had a massive game. And I should expect that he doesn't find the end zone for some reason, but right. <laughs> I didn't expect Calvin really to be the one getting all the red zone target action in week one. So I feel like I was wrong about that. Big one I was wrong about mentioned earlier, Mark Andrews didn't think he could replicate last year, just being a TD freak. And he's already being a TD freak. Got that wrong. And last one I got to say is I was wrong about the lines. <laughs> yeah. Just in general, uh, you were right about the lions for 55 minutes. <laughs> of the game or no i mean just players i was wrong about rob gronkowski i thought he was gonna have a breakout week one yeah he i, I heard his name like twice all game yeah disappointing no. um even watching him run on some of his routes you're like oh well a little dude. fantasy update here uh Guskowski just missed his first kick as the tennessee titan Yay. still zero zero in mm. the broncos titans game yeah, that's what your Tennessee pick. They got zeros on the board, man. That's a lot of points. Uh, Sammy Watkins, uh, Matt, I was wrong. You were right. Um, <laughs> he had a great game. I mean, they, Mahomes was looking for him. I, I was wrong about that. I didn't give him time day. And Corey Davis already has a couple of catches in this game. This is going to, I'm going to look like such an idiot for both of these bets, but <laughs> uh, DJ Chark only had three targets. That scared me. And I think Matt had a good point earlier as well. I'm just giving Matt all kinds of compliments. Like we expect the Jaguars to be in passing like bad game scripts a lot. And that just wasn't the case here. So they didn't need to air it out, but even still, I would like to have seen DJ Chark get more. And, you know, I mean, there are plenty of receivers that have great set lines in games they win. So, I mean, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be ridiculous that we could expect yeah. that out of DJ Chark as well. Yeah, look at the Falcons. I mean, every one of their wide receivers had 150 yards, and they still lost. Well, that is the bad game script, though, so whatever. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Um, and I also have, for players you're, I was wrong about, the entire Eagles offense. Um, and my pick, my pick about the Colts and my pick about the Eagles, those were way off, and those were my top two confidence picks. That just didn't happen. But mm-hmm. the entire Eagles offense and that offensive line, I thought the Eagles, they were going to be better, and that just was absolutely atrocious. Deshaun Jackson, Boston Scott, they had it right in front of them for the taking, and they didn't do anything. So, yikes. Yeah, mm. I think uh, week one is just made for a terrible pick uh, results because you just don't know what these teams are going to be doing mm-hmm. uh, and they haven't settled in yet at all so hopefully our week two pickums are better because week one was rough mm-hmm. and add on to that I mean again we had no preseason we had no ability to watch any of these guys so and let's just get less time together they didn't they didn't yeah. meet in person until like a month later than usual 
let's just give ourselves the benefit of the doubt and go, we just weren't sure yet. And well, we're, we're running the show, on, so we're not, we wrong on, we're not wrong on anything yet. We'll just wait. <laughs> right. Well, let's get into our Thursday night preview for week two, guys. Now that week one is pretty much done, other than this game that's wrapping up right now. But week two Thursday night game is the Cincinnati Bengals and Cleveland Browns, the battle for Ohio. Yeah, yikes. Uh, two I, think, teams. I mean, even though they both got L's in week one, I still like Cincy's chances a lot more here. Yeah, so they're both 0-1 after this week. Bengals got close. They lost to the Clippers by three, and the Browns got absolutely wiped off the face of the earth. So what are we looking for? For the Bengals' perspective, um, I'm assuming that Burrow is going to come out firing and try to show people that he is the quarterback of the future. Uh, I would expect a better game with Joe Mixon. You're starting Joe Mixon. Are you starting A.J. Green against the Browns? I actually had to start him in a game last week, and I'm not disappointed with his stat line. Nine targets is acceptable to me. 51 yards, not bad. If he would have found the end zone, hell yeah. Like, that's a, that's a great week for where you drafted A.J. Green. And you're looking um, at him as your flex player, right? He's not like your one or two yeah, receiver. Yeah, I, I needed to fill a flex, and it was between him and, like, a RB3. So I was very happy with A.J. Green's performance in that capacity. I think he can build on that. And I think he can keep getting better and establishing a better role with Burrow because – if you remember all the reports through the preseason, Burrow only really had a lot of time with Boyd, and that was supposed to be the big hookup. Mm-hmm. So, so Green will, Green will get his. Speaking of Boyd, uh, four catches for 33 yards in week one on five targets. Not great. I, yeah. I would be looking to – I think the only startable Bengals are Joe Mixon and A.J. Green, to be completely honest. Would you guys disagree? Yeah, that's tough because I did start Boyd in one of my flexes also in a different league. So <laughs> uh, okay. a little reverse of what I expected out of both of them, but all right in the end. Scott, yeah, I, I agree. I'm a, I've always been kind of the stance of prove it to me type of a mindset. So I like Boyd in certain situations, but didn't go well in week one. I wouldn't have drafted him as an, a wide receiver one or two. So if he's your flex... Maybe if you don't have a better alternative, but I'm not looking at him to be a big point producer. Let's look at the Browns. Interesting from last week, Nick Chubb versus Kareem Hunt. Nick Chubb, 10 carries. Kareem Hunt, 13 carries. Nick Chubb, one catch. Kareem Hunt, four catches. Is this at all concerning to you if you're a Nick Chubb owner? That Kareem Hunt, not, um, really, it's the carries part that kind of scared me a little bit. We expected the passing stuff, but are you concerned? I'm pretty concerned as a Nick Chubb owner. He didn't have a great week, and Kareem Hunt looked good. So, would you start? I would still start Chubb and and Hunt this week against the Bengals, though. Would you agree? Yes, I would start Chubb. Scott. Yeah, if he's. Your RB2, I mean, you your draft cap, capital, yeah. you got to stick with it. Yeah, you, you can't. It's, again, game flow in week one, there's so many uncertainties, and then you throw COVID on top of it where the practice and the everything that before the season that normally goes on didn't. This is just a – this is a weird year. Let's just 
call it what it is. This is a weird year of prediction and everything. So just because week one didn't hit for you or whatever the case is, doesn't mean you just throw out everything you invested or thought what it was going to be. They still have time to produce. Let's be honest. Yeah. I'm uh, actually still really on board with Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry in this particular matchup. And I think that this could be a get right game for Baker Mayfield. If there ever was one, it's now. So I am okay with starting Landry and Beckham on the short week. What about you guys? I would start either one of them if they're my, well, I would start Landry if he's my flex. I have no problem with that. Um, Odell, if he is your, Wide receiver two. Mm-hmm. I'm a little nervous. If he's your flex, absolutely 100% yes, because of what you said. Upside, team they're playing. I like it. But if he's my wide receiver two, I'm a little less confident, I'll be honest. Yeah, I have a league that's a three wide receiver league, and Odell Beckham's my third wide receiver. I'm definitely plugging him in still. You know why? Because he had 10 targets. And yeah, yeah. maybe he only had three receptions, 22 yards, but 10 targets speaks a lot. Maybe Baker will settle down a little bit and they'll figure things out. He's still looking at Odell's way, which is what I like. Yeah, the Ravens' defense is very different than the Bengals' defense. That's true. Yep. <laughs> so, um, well, give it to me. Who wins this game, Cincinnati Bengals or Cleveland Brown, guys? They said it right at the beginning. It's the Bengals for me still. I'm leaning toward Cincinnati as well. I'm going to go Cleveland. All which right. Doesn't, which doesn't feel good at all. But. <laughs> I have All right, guys. Like confidence points, but I'm going no. Cincy. <laughs> I have no idea what to do with confidence points because I'm just so terrible at that, too. But that's week one, guys. Now you got everything you need to put your waivers in for Tuesday night. You got your Thursday night preview. Good luck. Hopefully, you guys won. I won in a couple of them, got blown out in a couple of them, but. It's all about in season management. That's yeah. why you guys got to stick around, stay up with your waiver yeah. wires, yeah. really do some streaming when you need to, and you will. A lot of people say, I don't know if we ever said it, but you can lose your league on draft night, but you can't win it on draft night. You're never going to win on draft night. You got to do the in-season stuff. So yeah. stick with us. We'll give you the news, and we'll, we'll do this together. We'll be champs together. We'll, we'll do this together. We're in this together, guys. <laughs> You're going to go from a chump to a champ. Hey, mm-hmm. that's the name. Uh, yeah. Whoa. podcast.com. Like and share our stuff on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Find all of our stuff there. And we will see you guys later on this week.